morning. It's eight hours past the hour of midnight, and this is the big kickoff. Come on, you boys in green. <laughs> Good morning, it's 8 o'clock. Welcome to the big kickoff here in Liffey Sounds on 96.4 and listen to us worldwide and tune in radio. Good morning, Mr. Shannon. How are you this morning? Brilliant, brilliant. Anything big or special happening today, no? I think there might be a game on today, is there? Come on! <laughs> yeah, big massive qualifier, obviously, between Ireland and Austria today at 5 o'clock on RTE, Sky Sports, and whatever dodgy boxes oh, whatever everyone has have, at home. Whatever you have. <laughs> it's, the, the buzz on, on an Ireland day is huge, immense, especially uh, since... You know, Martin O'Neill's kicked in and the football is slightly better and, yeah. th- and we're doing well, obviously, but, uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, it's just, I can't wait for it now. It's, it's a massive game. It can put Austria to bed and then there's only one or two to, to maybe look after Serbia beat Wales and it could be just a straight shootout between the two of us in, and, in an ideal world. And then you've got the, Ser- yeah, the Serbia and, and, and Wales game could yeah. go anyway. So, yeah. and we, it's so tight that we don't even know what we want. Uh, exactly. exactly. Half of me kind of wants to see us and Serbia win, so it's just a straight shootout. Because we'll be both of us will be seven points clear of the other two. Yeah, yeah. With four games to play, I'd like to think we won't scope our seven points. It's a shootout then in September. Oh, stop! Don't get me started. <laughs> today is bad. <laughs> today is bad enough. So anyway, so you can imagine what we're going to get up to today. It's an it's an all Ireland day, all Irish music, and yeah, most of it's going to be fairly Irish themed and certain things that we're going to do later on. But uh, what's happening in the show later on today, my good sir? Well, today we have our guest who is a League of Ireland referee, Paul Chute. So thankless job, God love him. A thankless job. So what we're going to do is uh, get a look at the game from a referee's perspective, rather than supporters, rather than a player. Uh, there's not too many people who who look at it from their perspective, so we'll give Paul the chance to uh, see if he can redeem ref's reputation. It's always not like uh, Dermot Gallagher, who always finds a way of finding it, even though it's a blatant mistake with the referee, he always finds a way to make it go, uh, it wasn't really his fault. Yeah, 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 this time yeah, it was Dermot, yeah. there's nothing you can say about it. <laughs> and also we will have a special, because the match is on yeah. uh, today, we will have the top five uh, Irish moments and the top five worst Irish moments but it's all about our personal choice because there's far too many we could have yeah. actually a top 50 of each we're going to struggle to get that in yeah. 20 minutes I know. <laughs> but it'll be enjoyable it'll be enjoyable absolutely and back in time is obviously going to be a classic year this year are we going to tell them already or is it, will we leave it be no we'll tell them That's 1990 1990 but not, yeah. quite, not quite how you would expect it anyway but we'll wait and see later on we're going to kick off the show anyway with uh, an absolute classic from the undertones this is Teenage Kicks Crack and wait to start tomorrow, and you love that tune, don't you? It's a brilliant song. Where would you like to kick off with in the news this morning, mate? Well, I actually have a, a story. Oh, always. The Iron Brew Cup. Do tell, yeah, yeah, I know where this is going. You know, uh, Bray Wanderers and Sligo Rovers uh, have been invited into the Iron Brew Cup in Scotland. It's basically the cup where everyone bar the Premier League is in it. Is, am I right in saying that? Exactly. There's underage Premier League teams in it. I don't know if there's underage. I think that, well, there was last year. I don't was know if they're going to stay. 
But uh, Northern Irish teams and Welsh teams are also involved. They're also involved, yeah. yeah. So UEFA approved it and uh, Bray and Sligo were announced as Ireland's representatives. And how did they get in? Do you know? Yeah, they got yeah. in because uh, they're the highest ranked non-European team. To play in Europe. To, oh, to, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to play in Europe. What do you make of it? I think it's a good idea. I think well, it's interesting. Uh, because it, 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 it makes things a lot more interesting, for, obviously, for the Welsh game, for the, the Northern Irish and, and, and Irish um, I think Dundee United are the, the holders. So it's a anyone who's in. I think it's the, the first division, isn't that what they call the champion? I don't know what they're the, from the second tier. Yeah, so division one or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, down, down, and then and there's a few good decent teams and two from the north division. and two from Wales, as far as I know. Yeah. I think yeah, that's yeah. correct. And uh, the draw has been made on the 27th of June. I think the full format is is released then. But that is going to be something to look forward to and have a look out for and see how that those teams actually do. And it's know? a great way to really because we always have the great debate in the bills and whatever. Like, oh, we're strong in the Northern Irish League, and where, where do you reckon our Irish teams would compete in relation to England? But at least we'll get a gauge and against the best of the rest of Scotland, technically, yeah, so to yeah, speak. And yeah. if the lads can go far, it'll kind of give us a gauge of roughly yeah. where think, we are. I think they'll do well. I think why not? I think League of Ireland football the standard is is yeah. a decent level. So oh, it's certainly improving. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't see them not doing well. Yeah, Ireland has a new boxing world champion. Yes, well, yes. Northern Ireland. But I didn't get to see it last night. No. Uh, Ryan Burnett defeated uh, Haskins last night in what was pretty much a cut and dry victory. But one, I think it was one eighteen to one hundred eight, one twelve to one ten, and then it was the opposite for Haskins, and there was absolute uproar. So he won in split decision, but there was never any question of doubt. So the the talk this morning is that he put the wrong scores in the wrong box. Because they just said there's no way he can see that was like an eight round swing to Haskins. He he bet him around basically, and he put him down two or three times. So they would have been ten eight rounds. Another win for the for the island. Yeah. <laughs> could, could, could. He's one of ours. Yeah, he, <laughs> like like Frampton and whoever else. We're, we can be as bad as England, you know. We can be. He, he can be our Andy Murray. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it was a great victory and uh, it was a great night up in Belfast. There's a couple of other wins for a Highland Junior up there from Belfast. And uh, But no, he was very impressive, very lively. Not your stereotypical UK and Irish type fighter, yeah, just all yeah. standing there in the middle and going. He very wiry and plenty of movement. He's, he's, he's an exciting. I think it's only his 18th or 19th uh, fight, so really good to look at. So everyone, if next time he's on, give him a look. He's actually very entertaining, very good, good to watch. Good, good. Yeah, no, I was, I was, I was good. No, I, got him, I missed that fight last Yeah, night. yeah. The US Open starts next week, golf. Oh, yeah. Where's Phil Mickelson? <laughs> Kindergarten. Yeah. Uh, but the groupings have been... Uh, oh, really? Yeah, the groupings are out. Uh, Rory McIlroy has been grouped with uh, world number one Jason Day and Justin Rose. Nice. Shane Lowry, who... Is let, he definitely going out? Sorry, Sean. Yeah. He's definitely going to run out next week. Run out next week. McIlroy. Yeah. That's so far. Yeah. Uh, Shane Lowry has led, who led after three rounds last year. Uh, he's starting alongside Scott Piercy and Jim Furyk. Uh, okay. Our other representative, Graham McDowell. Uh, he's with the <laughs> Lee Westwood and Ross Fisher. I'm laughing because he's not an Irish. He's one of our own. <laughs> <laughs> Rory Best is Irish. Yeah, he did the other. Uh, and uh, Paul Dunn. He'll be making. Oh, man, yeah, he'll be making his debut. In the yeah, yeah, he'll be making his debut, and he's with uh, David Lingmert and Hoi Tong Lee. Oh, good man, well uh, done. But the pick of the groupings sees Dustin Johnson begin his defence of his title alongside his two predecessors, Jordan Speed and Martin Keimer. Nice. So it's something to look forward. It's always yeah. look forward in major, isn't it? Just to and it's, uh, the US Open's always interesting because it's always very, very, very tough. Always yeah. big. Uh, high rough and if you're not on the ferry you're in trouble and it's always interesting and, and it's whatever about most of the majors the cream 
really always usually comes to the top in the US Open. It's usually one of the best players because it'll be form. It's well, a proper though, proper test, and of course form. So it'll be very interesting, and it'll be nice to see McIlroy there, thereabouts. Whether he, you never know. He's the type of player that could go on a streak next week. He, he could just shut us all up and just hammer the field. But you hope he's there, thereabouts, and he at least at least makes the weekend. Yeah. Can you see it? Yes and no because of the type of player he is. Yeah. He he, he just come in nice and loose and shoot a couple of decent scores to put himself in there. You just don't know. But I just hope he's there, thereabouts. I hope he doesn't put himself out of it in the first day and then. The last three rounds, he's the best player because he's done that on many occasions the last year or two in majors. Yeah. Where he doesn't do it on the first day and then the next three days he's the best there is. So we wait and see. Big game today at 11 o'clock uh, over in Asia. England under-20s in the World Cup final. Oh, yes. And uh, I was reading an article about it on the BBC website and I said, I wonder how long it'll take for him to reference 66. And by the second paragraph, <laughs> it was in. And it's like, England are taking on uh, Venezuela in the under-20 World Cup final. This is only their second, or this is their... This the last the last time uh, we were in a World Cup final was and it was dot 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 oh yes sixty six <laughs> so this is their first World Final since then um, not many names that we would all know Solanke obviously that's Liverpool have just signed from Chelsea for right. a couple of million he's banged in a few goals he's kind of seems to be the main man Calvert Lewin do you remember him he's with Everton he's been kind of there thereabouts with um, with Ronald Koeman and near the end of the season okay. and Luckman remember the the guy he, he they only signed him from the championship yes, or whatever yeah, it is yeah. he's there there's a couple of names you'd know but they're very much lads who are on the periphery of the squads or they've done well on loan but yeah. we'll wait and see they're, apparently they're playing a good brand of football and are interesting to watch so yeah, yeah, I've, listen. I've seen a couple of uh, highlight reels I haven't yeah. seen any of the games but I've seen a couple of highlights and yeah, listen, it's, it's good to see them yeah. do well. I, I, they won the Toulon I, tournament last night, which is an under-21 tournament. Yeah, yeah. I've, European under-21s next year, next week. The problem is transferring that into yeah. the senior team. Yeah. And again, looking at that game yesterday, the, the England and Scotland game, Yeah. Um, they still don't look, they look like they can beat the best of the rest, but they just, they don't, they never creep over beating the best. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. especially when it comes to major tournaments. And yesterday when they were playing Scotland, uh, which was probably, it's up there with some of the best five minutes of football. Oh, fantastic you know, drama. Drama was, but they're still not knocking Scotland off the park. Football no, was, no. you know, it's all nice and pretty at times. But I found a lot of it was nicey, nicey. It's they just, and it's across the the UK and Ireland. They, we just don't have that arrogant kind of ice cold in our veins that this is where we belong. We like the underdog. We like kind of being up against it. And England still aren't comfortable with that favour tag in my eyes. Like, yeah. And it, it looked the same. They should have just come out with the chest out and looked down at them, snarl at them and put them in their place for the first 20 minutes. They should have had that. You know the way you see Australia when they come out in any sport that they do yeah. or even New Zealand in rugby. Germany just, I always remember Muller, I think it was in the tunnel, in Brazil, in the semi-final against Brazil. You know, you'd be... You'd be nervous. Yeah. He's there with the biggest smile on his face going, yeah, this is what we're, this is what I've been dreaming all my life. And he just, and of course, we all know that result, 7 nothing. Yeah. England just, and, and across, across the board, Scotland, Wales and the North and ourselves, we're, we're the same. We love the underdog, but we're not comfortable in the favourites tag. Yeah. And it, it, it showed again yesterday and it'll show again for England for many, many years to come unless they change that attitude. Isn't there a problem though? They have Jake Livermore playing centre midfield. <laughs> Twitter went absolutely bananas um, yesterday when I came up. The, the bench had nothing to replace them with. Mm -hmm. they, they, they're struggling there. Is, yeah. it, is this a sign of what's coming in England because of the foreigners? Or is it just a sign of bad luck, a couple of injuries? I know Henderson was out. And but is he really the, the difference maker as well? Like This is from a Liverpool fan yeah. saying it. Like, I, I think the worst thing we ever did was make him captain. I don't think he's, I think he's dispensable yeah. um, at club level, let alone international level. 
So I don't think he's the answer. And that's I was going to say to you. Well, who's who's there? And he was your first answer. And mm. it's not it, middle of the park. There was there's always a problem area for England. Left midfield back in the day, and he had Gerrard, everyone out there. And now it seems to be centre midfield again. Eric Dyer's a centre half all day long. All day long. Do you and think? Yeah, maybe. I actually don't know where he plays because exactly. I, I don't know, he's a bit. But you're playing Scotland. You're going to own the ball for most of the game. Why do you need him and Livermore? Like yeah. Dyer will be a defensive midfielder, and I presume Livermore was there for that reason as well. Yeah. So with Ali ahead of him, why don't you put in one of the luxury lads? Why don't you put Lalan in the middle and put one of the other attacking guys like Sterling or whatever up front with them and, and go for it? Yeah. Well, that's what they have. Ice in the veins, Shano. Ice in the veins. We're all, I'm happy with our midfield compared to. I think we're going to have to lash through a bit more because uh, we're okay. Fine. Yeah, we're okay. We'll be okay. <laughs> uh, we'll st- just stick with football just for a second. Andorra. Yes, their first victory. They ended their 66 game winless run in competitive fixtures when they defeated Hungary 1 0 yesterday. The match was Captain Joseph Ayala's last game before retiring and having not played in the last time his nation won the qualifier against Macedonia, that was 13 years ago, yeah. he reached his first or he reached his first, first competitive win in his 81st attempt. Funny enough, it says here, right? Remarkably, the win means Andorra are now on a good run of form uh, for likely the first time ever as they beat San Marino 2-0 in the friendly and uh, before that they had a 0-0 draw with Pharaohs in the qualifiers so uh, you can see the overjoyed they reaction they jump from 200 in the world to maybe 150 ah, <laughs> it's brilliant though, isn't it? it's great ah, look, see, I mean that's such a long it's easy time. to slag these guys off and stuff like that but you know there's a place for everybody and this is it like this is their chance to play the big boys and mix it with the guy and improve and apart from Gibraltar and maybe San Marino that kind of real drubbing doesn't really happen as much now because they're slowly but surely getting yeah. there and being used to it. And the likes of Gibraltar, San Marino, well, they'll probably always, they're just too small, unfortunately. Yeah. But you look at Andorra, sure, I think we, did, did we draw with them at one point? Was it, or was no. it, I know it was Liechtenstein, but we struggled. And a lot of teams can struggle. So, you know, there's a place for them and it's, it's brilliant. And the joy in them, just watching the, watching them running around after oh, the game, you could see yeah. the, like it was, it was that, that's the first qualifier victory in so long, if ever. 13, 13. And, uh, Years. You don't you don't see that as much anymore in football, and it was great to see it. Like and that Gib- pure joy. Gibraltar nearly got a a, a great draw against, yeah. and that was Cyprus. But yeah, they're the That's little teams that give them huge yeah. lift, massive, you know? massive rugby. There's so many. Ireland routed USA last night, fifty five nineteen in a nine in a try uh, uh, hammering with Gary Ringrose even putting them over the bar from the touchline and everything. I, I don't think there's anything this guy can't do. Um, Australia got a nice comfortable uh, win against Fiji, thirty seven fourteen. Scotland got a nice victory in Singapore against Italy, 34-13. Jeez, they're all quite similar here. And South Africa uh, saw France in a home international at 37-14. But there was a cracking game on BBC last night between England and Argentina. So Argentina are quite physical and quite strong. Good side. England, it was a nice leveller because England obviously hadn't got their their lines, boys. And uh, I can't remember the exact score. I want to say 37-34. But it looked like... um, Argentina got the win with a drop goal with about two minutes to go and uh, Lolo Mann I think is his name with a last minute try for England to get to snatch the victory it was a cracking game a real bruiser real typical out, but another full house 40 or 50,000 out there great to see out in Argentina and an absolute cracker but then obviously the big result yesterday was the Lions 12-3 against the Crusaders slowly starting to look like a side again Um, struggling with finishing yeah, struggling with getting over the try line but starting to look a bit like a side now that look like they could put it up against New Zealand now. We still 
expect. I personally wouldn't get too excited. No, because but they're just starting to look like a side anyway. Thank I mean, they were, they were praising uh, the defensive side, and mm. that that was evident. That's there's no doubt in that. Mm. But you're going to have to have some sort of flair to beat New Zealand. Correct. So you have to have the defensive side, but you have to have some sort of flair because yeah. they're as defensively sound as as uh, as that performance that the Lions put in. So, yes, it's it's uh, you needed it to make sure that the tour was because yeah, they off. were the best Super Rugby team, like they're in New Zealand, unbeaten, yeah, yeah, and they're top of the New Zealand uh, pool. So that would they would in theory be the best. Now, obviously, new, uh, they're playing the Maori All Blacks next week, which apparently is almost like an unofficial. There's there's so many unofficial four tests. But apparently they're very strong. So maybe that'll be the gauge. Because I can't remember who they're playing during the week, but they beat Tour de Fort. But yeah, yesterday was a, an what, interesting tell. What I was delighted with was Sean Fitzpatrick was on the Sky Sports yeah. panel. And he named out three players who, he says, these are world-class players. Yeah. And Murray and Sexton were two of them. And Gatland was rhyming off some players yesterday. And I, most of them were Irish that he was rhyming off as yeah. well, which was a good sign. It's like good the Irish lads are showing up. And even Sexton, it was great to see him come on early. And play well with the ball in hand. And obviously Farrell was doing a lot of the kicking, but Sexton's great with the ball in hand just as much as he is on the thing. And he had a great game yesterday. So hopefully Sean O'Brien had a cracking game and Gatlin gave him the nod as well. So In Olympics news. Oh, are you ready? Hold on. Did you see that, that they have um, introduced some new events? Yes. Mixed relays in athletics and swimming. Super. And three aside basketball. 3v3. Yeah, among the new events approved uh, on Friday. And BMX, am I right in saying that? Uh, yeah, it says it, it was already known that Tokyo would have five more new yeah. sports in Rio, adding baseball, softball. What's the difference between baseball and softball? Softball is the ladies' game. Right. Baseball, softball, surfing, uh, sports climbing, and skateboarding to take part. Um, but um, the, the existing 28 sports uh, are going to have gained more events. Yeah. It's got, so it's going to be mixed. Uh, I think it's 4 by 400 events. meter relay in athletics. It's mixed. 4 by 400 and, and 4 by 100 in the swimming. And then in triathlon, there's going to be a mixed one as well. Correct. So the Brownlee brothers. And judo and, judo and archery. That'd be interesting as well, won't it? Mixed race. Yeah, mixed. In judo? In judo, yeah. Who's that? What are you trying to say? I don't know. Okay. Uh, but that's got, it's interesting. It's, All it's, the it, ladies are lovely. Yeah. Listen, we can only end with one new story. Literally, we can only end with one uh, new story, and that is the cracking debut in in, uh, in Cessnock Racing Track in Australia. It can only be Horsey Mac for Horseface. You know all about this guy? Yeah, yeah. Ben, play the clip and we'll we, we come back. Anyway, here's the commentary of his debut race. Supercharge got clear down the side at the 600, leads by three. Horsey McHaw's face and masking are next and moving up on their outside as they come up towards the home corner is Coles Bro. Then followed the big dreamer held up behind. Chastity strikes as next with Gisela. Lilac Wine, Lucky Starlet and Terrigal head the others. Around the corner, supercharged in front, still too clear. Horsey McHaw's face is out now. The big dreamer back to the fence and then followed masking Lucky Starlet and Chastity. He strikes the big dreamer got through on the inside. Super chance beaten. Horsey McHorse face is coming. Horsey McHorse face and the big dreamer. Horsey, Horsey McHorse face beats the big dreamer. Third Horsey, <laughs> Horsey McHorse face. <laughs> Brilliant. This is obviously going back to I can't remember what the boat was last year in the UK. Um, it was one of the, it was one of the big boat face. Yeah, so they cancelled it, and the Aussie, this Aussie owner loved it and said, "I'm going to call my horse Horsey my horse face. face," and of course he wins in his debut. So we'll have to keep a close eye. It's got to be the people's champion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's the commentary. I think it's the Aussie Horsey, accent that really Horsey. just does it. Horsey! <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're going to... I think that's it with the news. Like, There's so much more. We'll try and get in at the end in the final countdown yeah. if we can. There's a few bits and pieces, but... Um, there's just so much we can go through, but we're just going to go to the ads now and we'll be back to you in the, in the next two minutes. Thank you. Broadcasting to Lucan, this is Lippy Sound, 96.4 FM. So, sir, this is it now. Come Who on, about- Ireland! <laughs> 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 we literally could have picked so many, but these are just the select few. We might necessarily say that the best are the top. But they're just memorable ones all the way through and stuff that makes you smile. But obviously there's one or two that'll make you cry. I think it's more, it's the ones that ran our emotions. When we were yeah. looking at Ireland games, uh, obviously some poor ones, uh, a lot of poor ones. We and they're not all the obvious ones as well. Like, no. Because we, we could sit here all day and talk about the usual ones. But the, the quality ones, um, yeah, they kind of, you remember them. They're stuck with you. Uh, go on, you should. Why don't you... St- why don't you start? Well, we might, we start on a good note. And we're going to end on a good note. So what one do you want to go with first? Well, I'm going to go with a game that I was at. It was in 2001, 1st of September. Um, Speaking of which, did you get your mush in the paper with the Dobbses and all that time, did you? Um, no, I don't think I got, I think their heads were too big. I couldn't <laughs> get into the <laughs> go on anyway. Yeah. Um, Great, uh, so great game. You two concerters on this day. Yes, that's right. In Slane, uh, they stopped actually for this game. They stopped. They? The, well, they they had it on big screen. They yeah. watched it there, and I'd say the atmosphere was unbelievable. Uh. There. But the atmosphere in Lansdowne Road for Ireland versus Holland, and uh, Jason McDermott. The fact that we were down to ten men, yeah, to hold on against who was that that got sent off that day? Gary Kelly. Gary Kelly. Yeah, because we like the famous one we always remember is the one where Roy Keane decided to take down Mark over I was within the first minute and let them yeah, know like yeah, yeah. And welcome see, to the it, jungle baby and Scott Brown tried to do that yesterday yeah. but that's how <laughs> yeah. the game has changed yeah now, exactly know? but with this game I just remember all the players that Holland had yeah the centre forward so he had, he had I think he had four centre forwards on in the last 20 minutes trying to score a goal against us yeah. you know but it was these were a big big Side a big, oh, massive huge at the time. nation. Yeah, um, at the time they were huge. Demo and Portugal were in the group with us as well. Portugal at that were in the group. With us so we were right up against that. We managed to split, split it, didn't we? Did we get, did we get second? We joined and yeah. we got second. I think on goal difference. Yeah, um, but it, it it was a massive. We knocked the Dutch out actually. We knocked the Dutch out. Yeah, yeah. party awesome party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is this is Jason McAteers. <sighs> Thirty thousand hearts were in mouths at that point. Now Roy Keane, you can always depend on him. Duff in close attendance, Keen is fouled, Duff helping it on towards Finnan. Maybe should have gone for three there. Finnan facing Cuckoo. And a little cross in there, and it's come through here! McAteer! It's it! Come on, Ireland! <laughs> <laughs> we just keep going for a minute. Ah, oh, what a buzz. And then a great finish to the end of that game where uh, Roy gives uh, <laughs> gives Mick the old cold shoulder. Oh, I'd say it killed him to give him that handshake. Yeah, yeah. But it, 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 I remember that day because uh, my brother, uh, Owen, yeah. he was with us. And yeah. Owen at the time, a teenager, and yeah. I don't think he spoke. He was like Maggie from The Simpsons. <laughs> I don't think he spoke ever. 
are get ex- got excited. Nothing excited them, but that goal went in and the place went absolutely ballistic. I was nuts. And the fella behind him jumped on him and started kissing him and hugging him, and he was standing there like, "What the hell's going on?" But it it was just. And these were the days amazing. in the old temporary stands as well, and everyone would be banging their feet off the bottom of them. It was like yeah, the train coming right. through. It was, they were great days. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, great moment. Great moment. Yeah, I know it's definitely up there. Um, will we go with a disappointment? We we we'll go. We'll get over these really quickly because it's a positive day, and we need to. But we we're, we might as well bring some balance. Well, I'll go with one disappointment for me is Trapatoni's rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about four years. We'll try and condense that in a few seconds. Will we? <laughs> yeah, I mean. I, from the very start, I was I was happy with that they brought him in yeah. because he had great pedigree. I don't think I really understood the football that he played. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, and the, the football that he played is a bit, I suppose, not far off what Mourinho would play now. Yeah. If you don't have quality, quality players in the forward positions, this is going to f- fall flat in its face. And, and we're still kind of scared a little bit to this day. I think with yeah. some of the way we play. Yeah, because it was so negative. O'Neill is trying so hard. Well, I don't know whether he's trying so hard, but you can see that they're trying to get away from that negative just long ball into the corners and knocking it down to nobody because there's only the one up front and yeah. it creeps in every now and yeah, then yeah you can see it. it they go to a default and yeah but that's the legacy he's left unfortunately with, with, with Trapatoni's reign he psychologically lost I mean we got to the year 2012 he, and I think there was just getting there was enough I think he, I think he had a few blessings along the way to get him there yeah. but psychologically he he lowered our confidence levels in, I mean, player wise, we can't play football. We can't yeah, pass yeah. the ball. We're not good enough. I mean, if you're going to get, get annoyed talking about this. Yeah. When you get, <laughs> get a team, we went to the Euros. Any positive? I was afraid when we went to the Euros and obviously I got dressed up and yeah. we, oh, you have to go for it because it was so long, 10 years, but we were so out of our depth. Yeah. It was, I know it was fearful that this was going to be the first CD DVD. I mean, <laughs> that w- was going to be something that we couldn't look back yeah. with with fondness and exactly that's the way it came out yeah. but if like we had little sprinkles of uh, great games uh, the France game which yeah. we got beaten in, but we played amazing in that but I think it was Keith Andrews I'm nearly sure it was Keith Andrews who said that the players had agreed to just go all out for it yeah and it, so they didn't really play under his style yeah. No, of course. He, he, that was definitely not the way he went. So I think, I really think he held us back. I think he, uh, I don't he think he, he, he did us any favours at all whatsoever. Put him in the second throw in the river. On a good point though, he had Marco Tardelli with him. And I <laughs> can't help but love Marco Tardelli. Yeah. The greatest goal celebration ever. can't show our face on, on yeah, but it, it just, yeah, that's still one of the greatest things ever. Just that sheer joy of realisation of what he did. Yeah. Such yeah. a buzz. Anyway. I think I feel that that's bringing you down, Bugger. So we better get Yeah, I know. And just, just as soon as I hear Trapattoni, he's like, oh, God. So we're going to go back to the start. Yeah. And this is back in 1987, where we needed a bit of, we needed to rely on our Celtic cousins. So this isn't actually Ireland scoring, but this is probably the biggest goal. Oh, of our, of our, of our, to start this whole wonderful yeah. golden era for Ireland. And it's from, uh, little known Gary McCoy from Hearts. And we think we let, we let Jack do the talking. We let Jack do the talking. Go ahead. And suddenly I got a phone call. And the guy said to me, uh, oh, congratulations. I said, what for? He said, for qualifying for Europe. I said, no, I said, uh, the match is on the, on the telly. I'm watching it. It's nil nil. And it's only about half an hour gone. He said, no, no, it's recorded. Scotland won one nil. And, this kid scored. And he did well. 
will to get away there. Oh, look at that. That was always on. But advantage has played good refereeing. And it's come through now to Mackay. And it's there. Mackay, the substitute. And put Scotland in the lead. I mean, it was out of the blue. We never expected it. And uh, Scotland beat Romania or nothing. Or was it Bulgaria? <laughs> Good man, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> you have to look Jack. I love him. I love him. But that, that night, uh, we had a cat. Her name was Lucky, God love her. And um, I will never forget seeing her. What <laughs> happened, Lucky? Oh, she hit the ceiling because... That was the first time I seen my dad go absolutely proper nuts on a match. Yeah. He'd always watch a game and it, whatever. You know, we'd watch the games and then it'd be over and that's it. But that was the first one and where I literally seen Ireland, him yeah. lep out of the couch. The cat went flying because she hadn't a clue what was going on. I'm jumping up. No, I don't really know what's going on either. But that was the first time I seen my dad go proper, proper nuts because he knew. And he he's obviously been watching Ireland a lot longer. Yeah, yeah. And he would have seen some seriously good teams in the 60s, 70s. And, because we were blessed. And a lot yeah, of nearly yeah. men, and, and unfortunately. And this was massive for, this was almost bigger than for him than me because this would have been Air Force qualifiers that we yeah, remember. Yeah. And uh, that was a nuts day, an absolute nuts day having to rely on that. I remember watching it now. So I would have been, what would that be? Eight, seven. seven. So I was 11. A lot older. A lot older, <laughs> yeah. But it was it was it was huge for oh, football. It's huge. Major championship. And you can't you can't not think about it back then. No, yeah. obviously, everyone uh, knows who Gary McCoy is. It's incredible. Everyone, yeah. everyone. Yeah, that's no, how important it was. It was. No, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And that kicked it all off for us. That was a little little look that we were missing, yeah. probably through the seventies and eighties that we didn't get. I know we had a few disappointments with Belgium. And yeah, stuff like yeah, that. yeah. Can we just do only one more disappointment? Yeah, I don't, I, mean, I, I don't want to ruin my buzz. No, I I, so, so I suppose we have to, unfortunately, talk about the ultimate kick in the proverbials. Yeah. From the Frenchman himself. The ultimate. I, I, I'm trying hard not to curse here. But obviously Thierry Henry and that handball. Oh. Like, as you said about Keith Andrews, we went for it that day. Away in Paris. Stuff like this doesn't happen for us. And we proper went for it. And really coming into the extra, that would have been, we would have gone into extra time. We would have fancied our chances. We would have thought, even Penos, why not? We're definitely the team on the ascendancy. And then this happens and you're just thinking, no, it's grand. It'll be sorted. He'll see it. He'll see it. The lads are going nuts. I didn't really see it at the time. I wasn't 100% certain. But as soon as you see Given and all the boys going bananas, you're thinking, hold on, something's wrong. And once you've seen that, Jesus, once you've seen the replay, that the, the rage inside me was just incredible. I don't think I slept that night. Uh, the, the worst part, <laughs> the worst part was that he went over and sat beside Richard Dunn. Oh my end. God. As if to say, Oh God. I'm I resented really Richard Dunn for a little while. Did you? He should have got up and just said, just deal with me. Not, not now. He should have just knocked them out. Oh, well, well, yeah. Should have. I, I, and to this day, he's tainted. His career, oh, I yeah. think, for me, anyhow, I'd say friends were not happy at all about it, apparently. Where did they? Yeah, uh, yeah, press and the whole lot. They really didn't like the way they did it. Yeah, but they were still there, and I'm sure they forgot about it fairly quickly. Yeah. But we all we know what happened to them anyway when they got there. They got knocked out. I don't think they won one game in the group. No, in the, in the World Cup. Yeah, and Karma. And I remember watching that World Cup, and I was, I loved it. I absolutely <laughs> loved yeah, it. I loved it when we bet them. <laughs> but, but there's I, a great picture. Is it Duffin? Duff and uh, Keane, wherever they are, and in, they're wearing like the chaviest of gear with the outstretched at, at the door of their apartment. And they're like yeah, yeah, the just so happy when they see them getting knocked out. Yeah, uh, that's a great yeah. picture, but uh, go on. I suppose we're going to have we'll, to listen to the commentary. Do we have to? I don't know. We we'll better. We go straight. Press play, and then I'll tell you when to stop. We, we go straight onto a positive. But France of this free kick. The mics are still on, Flora so you might hear his course here. Trying to measure it. 
Richard Dunn last night. Oh, Ari! Oh, it's in the net! It's a goal! Fair shake, given to him, absolutely in the mix. And that's when you're scratching your head down. What's going on? The Irish players are appealing for a handball here. Now, is it control with the hand? I, I think Paul McShane should have dealt with it, George. I think if he had a bit more conviction about it, he could have actually got it out for a corner. But is there a handball before this ball is played back? A total confusion in the Irish defence. The protest won't count. The referee's made his decision. He's given the goal. We have yet to see a replay. But well, we know the replay, and we know that yeah. it's a handball, and we know it's a cheat. And uh, but it was just comedy goal for like Darrow Breen and all the guys. I remember mock the week and everything else, and it was just it was just nuts, absolutely nuts. But I suppose we're going to finish on a high now, and I just see what you're doing here. We ha oh, we've got we've got we've got two little we've got two more. We'll just go quickly into right. Go right. On. Alan McLaughlin. Uh, Alan McLaughlin, uh, the mo one of the most underrated and probably not remembered. Fondly enough in my life. Yeah. Dowie gets his first touch. Quinn. And he went one nil down. Worthington. Dowie again. Shields the ball well. And gets it through to Wilson. Down to Quinn. Oh, it's a wonderful strike! In the first days, I felt everything in my body fall out of me. It was, the, it was the one touch. People say, oh, the wind got knocked out of me. That was the first moment in my life where it actually happened. And I thought, uh-oh, we're not going to do it. And it was, that could have been one of our worst moments. Oh, yeah. Oh, and especially oh, against Northern Ireland, the Derby, the neighbours, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, God, of all the places and all the ways to go, yeah. it's Northern Ireland away up in Belfast. They're going to really rub it. And Billy Bingham was giving it the big oh, one that night. He was really, oh. And then, and then this happened. Irwin will take it. Irwin with the free kick. Oh, it's a great goal by Alan McLaughlin, the substitute. It's God, his commentary is shocking, isn't it? <laughs> Where's the excitement? Or yeah, and then there was the five-minute kind of panic afterwards for the Spain-Denmark game to see, Jesus, we are we going to do it? But the, the, the players... When the final whistle went in the Northern Ireland game, yeah, and we drew one off, the players were out celebrating, and there's still five minutes left oh, yeah. in the Spain Anything Denmark could have game. Jack but was the only one; he was standing there ready to box people. He yeah. just wasn't happy at all. Yeah. And okay. then one more, I think we have to finish for on, the commentary alone. And this is one; it's just over a minute of clip. And would you have been out for a liquid refreshment for this? Were you uh, one of the mad ones who went out for the breakfast at half seven in the morning? During no, this crazy World I had to Cup. work this day, but we got we went we did go down and watch it. But we had to Looking at the zombies stumbling around the village at two, the, two or three in the afternoon yeah. this summer was just nuts. So this is uh, uh, we're going to we're going to leave it at this. Uh, enjoy the Ireland game today because we're getting excited looking at these clips. <laughs> this is Robbie Keane's last minute goal for Ireland in the two thousand and two World Cup versus Germany, and John Matson is a legend. Love you, John. The comfort for him in this second half. Forward it goes again. By Kinsler. Quinn heads on. Oh, surely this time for Keane. And Ireland do it! Robbie Keane, in the second minute of stoppage time, has scored the equaliser. Look at these scenes. Just look at these scenes. And you can't say they don't deserve it. 
reaped its reward in dramatic fashion. The long ball played in by Finnan. This is where the touch is important from Quinn. Robbie Keane gets it down, evades the tackle, and this time Trevor, he beats Oliver Kahn. What a header from Niall Quinn, right into his stride, chest it down, Oliver Kahn's unlucky here, he spreads himself, he comes off his head, but as you said, they deserved it, look at Mick McCarthy there, he's just watching, and the mouth comes open, what a reaction that is, and as you say, they're absolutely delighted, everyone in the stadium, apart from the Germans to our left, but they have deserved it, and Robbie Keane, let's hope he doesn't injure himself then, and he gets under a sea of green shirts. What a fantastic finish here in Ibaraki. You're listening to Liffy Sound, www.liffysoundfm.ie. Listen online, community radio at its best. Yes, it's back in time again, and we're going with 1990, an absolute belter of the year, which we all know and love. And we, we what are we going to talk about, Shannon, about 1990? I don't know. You lead. You're yes. damn right. We're going to talk about James Buster Douglas in Tokyo against Mike Tyson. <laughs> what else was there that year? Uh, yeah, massive fight. I'll always remember this because back in the day, remember Cable Link? Yes. They decided to do it. There was no Skybox office back yeah. then. They decided to do the live link from Tokyo because I think it was around one or two in the uh, uh, night time with the whole... Uh, with the whole time thing but anyway I always remember the fight because Tyson for four or five years I was following him because ITV always showed him at eight or, 8 or 9 in the morning on a Sunday instead of showing him live and he actually kind of scared me a little bit because he was just so mean and nasty and there was times where you're thinking jeez I think somebody might die that was half the reason why I probably watched some of his fights because he was just an animal but unfortunately I think Customato might have even passed at this stage and he was like a father figure to him his trainer and that's when the Vultures came in and his entourage and Don Kings finally got their hands on him and he was starting to lose his sparkle a little bit. But the fight was great in itself in the fact that he kind of technically won. Yeah. He knocked down Douglas and I think he was down for 15 or 16 seconds. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the clip, the, the ref doesn't come in until about five or six seconds yeah. into him. Yeah. So he, in, in theory, he won. But near the end, kind of punched himself out and then Mick McCarthy's jaw dropped against Germany. But then so did mine when I see him hitting the ground and he's not getting back up. It was, do you know, it was, it was a great, moment and a disappointing moment yeah. all wrapped up yeah. in one because you like to have someone who's nearly invincible but you also like to see the nearly invincible being beaten exactly. you know and then after that because because he you know, fell apart then after that you kind of wish that it never happened now you know because you, you'd love to have someone who because he was unbelievable unbelievable boxer but um i i remember watching the fight and i remember him getting knocked yeah. down uh, I think, yeah, I was in total disbelief that this was happening. Yeah, it was complete shock. And when I woke up him. the next morning, it was the first thing I said going down to breakfast. Still not sure. He lost. <laughs> Still not sure. It was just, it was just, it was, it was one of the special ones, especially being the age that we are, like, you know, this guy was unbeatable and just to see the big tree being knocked down and, and again, and against Douglas, he, this was a money making fight in Japan. He was going over there just to show off his skills to the Asian market, make a few quid and come home. Yeah. And it blew up, and that's that was the beginning, the end, the scandals and the jail sentence, and everything just spiraled after that. As I said, yeah. Customato passed away. I think not 
too long before that and of course that was yeah. it then they yeah. they took over yeah. unfortunately and that was a sad end um other big news that year phil taylor won his first world title that year was that his first world that was his first title? world title yeah. which would have been with the bdo when he had a mustache was that? yeah when he had when a, mustache. Mustache. a little sam allardyce the u.s amateur open golf champion that year was none other than the best father in the world phil mickelson and was it <laughs> yeah so that's how that far back he was an amateur 27 yeah. years ago and uh Going back on last week's team, uh, our sled dog race champion that year was, uh, the, you know who it was? <laughs> no. Susan Butcher. She, oh, you want to see her? She's unbelievable. And the lead dogs were Sluggo and Lightning. <laughs> I remember Sluggo, yeah. Also, I tell you, he had some stamina, that dog. Be- best bar none. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is an absolute cracker. It was number one for three or four weeks in Ireland. This is the one and only Saw Doctors. I have fallen for another, she can make her own. I'm going to be honest, Shannon, my research for 1990 wasn't great now. I'm struggling now. Nothing. Uh, I just have one random thing here. Um, was it? Oh, yeah. The first web server was created this year. Oh, that was amazing. Um, which that basically was, was the foundation. That was 1990. Which was the foundation of the World Wide Web, which is what we know today. So I think, uh, have you met? No, 1990. Nothing springs to my mind. I can't really remember that and it happened. 1990. I'm struggling here. That wasn't um, Ice Ice Baby, wasn't there? Was You're it? damn right it was Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have that down here because then I was thinking, there has to be an Irish connection here for Vanilla Ice. We have to get him in. <laughs> what was the name? Van Winkle or something? Yeah. More be, uh, but anyway, listen, we all know and love. We know what we're talking about. It's Italian 90. <sighs> Trying to keep it down to a couple of memories is going to struggle, but just two or three weeks of just summer madness that... We'll never be recaptured. Any tournaments we ever qualify for again will never be the same. 88 was great, but 90 was the main course, wasn't it? Ah, the, the hype that was going around, the the madness. Yeah. But when the games were on and no one was, was out in the, if anyone was mad enough to go for a walk, I'd say it would have been like the walking dead. Yeah. No one out there, no cars. You're on your own and thinking, where's everyone gone? You know, I'd say it was ridiculous. It would have been nice to see, but nah. Everyone's glued to the TV and the sheer madness of it all. What 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 game do you remember <sighs> most with with, with with great memories? Romania, obviously, because the a penalty shootout was just the most nerve wracking experience of my childhood and being only ten as well. That was going to blow your mind up. Yeah. But uh, we were under pressure that day. We fought hard, and the whole shebang. Obviously, the England game because the revenge of. Uh, Euro 88, they were well up for it, and we managed to stick it to them. Um, Jesus, there's so many, but Paul Chutes just walked in in the Ireland jersey. Uh, just, good morning to you. We'll do an intro for Paul in just a minute, but we might as well get you in on 1990 because... What's, uh, your, what's your memories of 1990, Paul? Uh, memories of 1990. Um, I left here, and I got a flight to Fiumicino in Rome. And six weeks later, I think the team was after coming through O'Connell Street. Six weeks later, I was still arriving back in O'Connell Street uh, with a haversack over my shoulder. Uh, roughed it all the way through, all the way. Um, I think it was down to my last five, I'll tell you that now. But um, we made, I remember, ferries and planes and trains and great memories. Probably, uh, probably the I still think, well, I know I haven't gone backwards, but Stuttgart probably in 88 is probably the best memory, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's the first one. Yeah, but, yeah the first one then. Um, Great memories, I have to say. Did you, get, did you make all the games? I made all the games, yeah. Uh, made it all the way around. So the Credit Union loved you? Credit Union loved me. I was, yeah, was, was down to the last, the last few quid, as I say, coming home. But uh, yeah, great memories. Um, <laughs> never, never to be forgotten. What, what, one, of the, one of the 
the best memories I have of it was on the RT News when they were all queuing up, I think, for tickets, the Ireland fans. And because there was so many there, they had them put in pens. And right. it was big steel cages. And, uh, of course, Irish fans being Irish fans, uh, have to make a, a joke and a bit of mockery of all this sort of stuff. Yeah. They've been real serious, the Italians. And they all started doing their meh, <laughs> meh, their little sheep impressions. And of course, the Italian police just melted and fell into it. That the, was the, the end of that. That was the end of that. Or even the old boy, like the real stereotypical country looking guy who was literally in tears after the penalty yes. shootout on the news. Yeah. Like, probably never too much interested in, in, in soccer at all. And he literally, it was like the birth of his, his firstborn again. It was just, just yeah. the sheer joy in his face. Like just the walking town roundabout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in with, yeah, a mate of mine was over early and, um, he was over, he was on honeymoon. So he went over early at a place called Sheffield outside of Sicily. And, uh, he went into a local bar, a big enough place. And, uh, he told him that the Irish were going to arrive, you know, and he said he, he was after running out of glass at that night already. And then, uh, the week they, they, the Irish started to arrive. He had about 20 glasses. Your man said, listen, you have to get more glasses. You've got to run out of glasses here. So your man arrived the next night and he had about another 20 glasses. And he said, listen, you're going to have to do much better than this. You don't realise what's happening, you know. So then he had a hundred glasses the following night and he ran out again. So your man said, listen, get glasses in. You'll make great business here. And uh, your man went away. He got boxes and boxes and boxes of glasses. And uh, of course, your man had done all that the background, got all the origins to put. And the place was jammers. And it was jammers for two weeks. Your man made, he said he couldn't. He made more money in that couple of weeks than he made in years, you know, so uh, he was a happy Italian. Brilliant. So Brilliant. Italian. Everyone on their jollies. Um, I suppose there's only one song we can finish on for 1990, but uh, here's a little introduction into uh, from uh, uh, DJs from the 1990s, and this is the big song of the year, and there's a, a little intro into it first before we uh, go into the main one. Put him under pressure. Uh, came out. I remember putting this on, and wow, this thing came right at you. Said, "What a great song!" There's no let up in it at all. I mean, it starts off slow, and then it kicks in with the drums, and then the ole olays, and then Jack Charlton starts talking as well. We've qualified for the World Cup. Go and compete. <laughs> You just you just knew that this this was a bit classy and it was so catchy and hooky and you know like there were so many different elements going on in it and the fact that uh, you know you know just there was no no opportunity for you to lose concentration with the whole thing. Even today, if you put it on, you feel like jumping up. You know what I mean? It was it was it was fantastic. It was a real floor filler. You know, it was you were you were guaranteed to get everybody on the floor when you played that. You know, there was a real genuine buzz. And that's rare enough now. You know, I know these days they can kind of manufacture these this hype, but uh, this was something that, you know, it came along every now and again. And then for a football song, like football songs are notoriously bad, really, aren't they? And I mean, it, it just took the country by storm and stormed up the charts and stayed there for number one for 13 weeks. That was about football. That was about the World Cup. That was the, about the Irish team. But maybe everybody connects in some way with it themselves in their own lives whether it be kicking a ball or going to work or doing exams 
motivational stuff like we've we've qualified for the World Cup, go and compete, and it's yeah, that's you know that's what you want to hear. No, I think it's one of the best, one of the best, if not the best. It's it's a fantastic song, I think, as a pop song. I mean, if you're looking for a good Irish pop song, you couldn't do better than that. You're damn right, you couldn't do better than that. It was biggest number one of this year. This is Sinead O'Connor, and nothing compares to you. Never do that to you. It's the one and only. This is put him under pressure from Italian Ninety. Get in there.
Okay, welcome back to uh, Liffy Sound 96.4. This is the big kickoff every Sunday morning, 8 to 10, but you already know that or else you wouldn't be listening. Right, with us today, uh, we have Paul Chup. While everyone knows that being a referee is a thankless job, it certainly is a job that the game can't do without. With verbals from players, managers, coaches, ball boys, and even the crowd favourite, the referee is a banker. It's a job that is, well, it takes a thick-skinned person. Today, we're joined by League of Ireland's top banker. The Paul thickest of them all. <laughs> the thickest of them all. <laughs> Paul Chu is a multiple PFAI Referee of the Year winner, most recently in 2014 and 16. He's been in the middle for some very big occasions and also some not-so-glamour games, i.e. looking in at over 35s. <laughs> he joins us in the, the Big Kickoff studio today. Paul, welcome to the Big Kickoff. Thanks, lads. Uh, to be called a banker to be called a W <laughs> <laughs> I think it's worse is it? <laughs> Jeez, bankers are worse yeah. <laughs> listen refereeing it, it isn't most people's idea of a fulfilling career or pastime or whatever so why was refereeing something that you were interested in? No, it's not. Um, I played up till 25, and I played a reasonably good level. Uh, I played with Quinny down in Manor Town, and then I went on to James's Gate and the Bohemians, uh, played a bit of League of Ireland. And then I had knee problems, and I sort of went out of the game, and to be honest, I was more on the high school than anything else. And I felt that I was getting away from the game, I was getting very worried about myself, and I said, listen, uh, you need to get back into the game somehow. Didn't really fancy coaching. I always thought I might give refereeing a go. And then I saw, obviously, looking at fixtures and papers and that, there was a referee's course in Kevin Street. That's, geez, that's a long time ago now. And uh, decided to give it to yeah, go to the go to the course, give it a go. And from there, um, went to the amateur league. Um, you start at the very bottom, doing matches all over the place, uh, Division Z, I'm walking around for Division Y, Division whatever. And, getting uh, chased back to the car and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and hiding and, yeah, and getting on a bike and going from one side of the city to the other to the games because I wasn't driving at the time and uh, that's that's the way it goes and didn't look back since. And, uh, first match probably didn't enjoy but you get thick skins and made it all the way through and lucky enough, still here, still out. So that's a good mixer as well, I have to say. Yeah, and did you ever think of going into coaching or managing or anything like that? How come refereeing took that to the start of Priestland? Uh, I don't know. I didn't really fancy coaching for some reason, and I was sort of even though I was very tough on the pitch and I got my fair share of the yellows and reds, and wasn't afraid. Sorry with the language, give a referee in a bollocking when I needed. Um, I always I think I admired referees to be that the game doesn't go ahead without one. And uh, I felt, yeah, give it a go, why not, and see, you know, is it as difficult or as easy as it looks? Yeah, yeah, well, it, it is a tough, it oh, is tough, I, I mean, I've been Especially the way the game's got faster now, it's not possible. And, I mean, Straight I, away you see something, oh, dive, and then you go, oh, Jesus, you clatter up. Yeah. <laughs> and he only gets, one, and the ref only gets one goal. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. I've been there a long time, and I think when you're there that long, it can be difficult, because I remember when I played, and when I started refereeing, obviously, the tackle was, if you won the ball, it was a play away, no matter what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now it's very much any contact at all, even though you win the ball, any contact, it's a free kick, and then even you're, you're, you're looking, was that contact, was that not? Uh, I think in the Irish game, we don't see as much of diving or simulation as we call it, but uh, when I started, 
in before me, there was referees with bare bellies refereeing in the top level. But now you see them, there's freedom lines, there's uh, fitness checks all the time, uh, yo-yo checks, fitness tests. How often are you tested now throughout the season? tested about three to four times a year. So, and the same with the international guys, you know, and then every time they, the international guys go on a tournament, they have a fitness test and um, it's a pass-fail. If you don't pass, you're a good luck and they bring someone else in, they'd have guys on standby, which has happened in European Championships and World Cups and things, you know. So, uh, yeah, so you have to do, have to look after yourself, I have to say. There always seems to be a lack of referees. Uh, maybe not. I don't know what way it is at the, the elite level, but just as a filters down, there always seems to be a lack of referees. Uh, what can be done to encourage people to take up refereeing, that there's more referees there? Yeah, I think there's a big fall off. If you look at the numbers that do the beginner's course and the, and the same numbers that they say survive after the first year, it'd be a big fall off. Uh, guys give the beginner's course and give it a go and within probably weeks or, cer- or certainly months throughout the game, you just can't take it, just can't take the variables. Uh, there are variables and I suppose physical assaults that, that have taken place in referees. Uh, I think the FEI have a good structure in place now. They are trying to support referees as much as possible. Uh, they have observers that go out to games and they have, for the younger referees that uh, want to give it a go, uh, they have what's called a school of excellence. So they would, the leagues will put the younger referees that they see that um, have potential, they put them forward to the School of Excellence, which is an 18 month, I think, program. Mm. And that's uh, the only way into the League of Ireland now. So, what way, what do I see for keeping referees? I suppose the leagues have to be tough. I think they have got tougher with sanctions on uh, assaults, uh, variables, and physical assaults. So, I think the leagues have to keep uh, being being strict on sanctions and disciplining players. And is this against the club, the sanctions? Uh, it would be generally. If there would be a number of uh, suspensions against players in the club, they would probably um, suspend or maybe uh, take a sanction against the club. But it's more uh, players, we'll say, if a player, yeah. if there's a physical assault, players have been known, and it's, it's only right that they get a three or five year ban or a 10 year mm. ban. It's only right, you know. Uh, but unfortunately, what you see is some guys, because of the league structure, some guys might be suspended from one club. And you might see them popping up the following year or another club, you know what I mean? That has been known to happen. But um, in fairness to the leagues, they have got stricter with uh, sanctions because I think they know that they're losing too many referees and they have to give some sort of protection to the referees. What about, is there a downfall of standard uh, with refereeing because of the desperation to look for referees? For, maybe at the junior levels, at the, at the lower levels, because it, it, um, we see a lot of... Uh, referees now who one maybe too young to referee and can't cope with as you said uh, some some of the the variables and two at the lower level some of the referees maybe of a a, a very very older generation or you know I know what you're trying to say <laughs> <laughs> not you pal not you but even at that level I'm sure the game's got a bit harder because you're on your own you're trying to do offsides everything and it's, it's, it's yeah. not just down to quality of ref I suppose I'd see a lot of football between Matthew obviously plays which is how Roy did yeah. with Luke and, and uh, my lads always played schoolboy and I'd see a fair bit of football and I would be out on the, on the sidelines a lot and yeah I, know, I do see different standards of refereeing and I'd always give a guy, once he's doing his best, okay, people make mistakes, once he's mm. doing his best, doing his best. What I hate with a referee is they're arrogant and it's all about me, me, me. I hate that and I have seen that from the sideline and I really walk away and go to it. There's another, ma- another match on another pitch, I go to another pitch because it, it drives me mad, you yeah. know what I mean, the arrogance. 
But um, if a guy is there and he's doing his best, if you're making mistakes, you're making mistakes, okay? But once he's, he's doing his best and he's putting in an honest shift, I would say, yeah, well done to him. Um, no one's perfect. No one's the perfect build. Obviously, guys have some, I know there's referees out there with maybe beer bellies. There's younger guys. There's guys that maybe are doing, are refereeing uh, in a league that's, they're not up to that standard, if that makes sense. But that's probably just because of shortage of referees. Um, but by and large, I think that the standard would be reasonably, I would say it's to a good standard. Okay. Maybe a lot might not agree with me. I know, <laughs> and I know they Everyone lying yeah. on bed at home, oh, that, yeah. such and such a fella, he, yeah. he never likes me. But, but <laughs> you know, the younger referees, you have to, sometimes, I, they're trying now, I think as far as I know, they're trying to put the younger guys, like the, the under 25s, they're trying to start them straight into schoolboy football, which is right, give them mm. two or three years at least in schoolboy football, so that they're refereeing uh, to a certain degree at their own age group because certainly sticking a 19 or 20 year old into a, an amateur AUL that's the senior league yeah. that's the junior league division X match where lads have been probably out of the bear the night before they're grumpy they want to, half them don't want to be there they're kicking each other it's a difficult scenario you know it's a, it's, it's, it's a recipe for their referee walking away well I, well I might say to you that it's, it, 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 that's a situation where you have uh, those kind of maybe aggressive people on a Sunday morning for, uh, for a referee to deal with even worse than that can be at an underage game oh, where boy. the parents are obviously a lot of them are living a dream there for, for their kids and I have seen a 17 year old referee who has been driven up by his mother up to the game to referee a game and has been given abuse and and unfortunately for him he hasn't developed quick enough and, and, and it's not surprising either uh, to be able to cope with that, so how how do you how do you deal with that situation? And or is there a way that you can educate them uh, to to be able to deal with that? It's a difficult one, Roy. And to be honest, sometimes maybe not everyone is cut out to be a referee. And maybe some guys at some stage have to say, "No, this isn't for me." If it's interfering, because I've seen guys and they come off the pitch and they're depressed about the match, and they're you know what I mean. And you, you can't let it go into your private life. You do your match, you do it your best. Um, yeah, obviously we all think we make mistakes. We we think about them later on the evening or whatever. But you have to leave it behind you. But but some guys I've seen younger guys are right and they have been abused at matches and uh, it's not fair on them. It's not fair on themselves. I know the schoolboy leagues are trying to get this policy. Um, I know they do fairly well in England of. Uh, once the players cross the line that the parents leave the, the, the coaches coach the kids and the players are just yeah. there to, to watch the match yeah. um, I don't know if we'll ever because I know the Irish we always like to cheer on and we're always quite vocal even today we'd be quite vocal I hope um, so I think that the school we leagues are doing their best to try and uh, cut down the abuse of referees but whether we ever fully get there or not oh, I'm not so sure yeah because when you're talking about the parents I, there's a great picture I think it was on one of the Facebook pages one of the Barcelona Facebook pages and uh, Messi and Suarez are on the sideline yeah. and they're there in their deck chairs nice and relaxed and they're not saying word they're looking and smiling at the kids and that's all and these guys are the best in the world yeah. and they know it's game time it's business time the gaffer looks after it and that's the way it is yeah. that's, that's the way I went and, I, and it, that picture went to fire yeah. just to say look yeah. these are the best and if anyone has an opinion it should be them yeah. you know yeah. Same with Jack, my, my lad, he was away with Derby, we went over to matches over there, and the sideline, it's, it's, it's a real atmosphere, because uh, 
there's probably a couple of hundred there, but there's no one. The parents can only talk, they only they can only talk to each other. They can't yeah. shout into bit to their own kids. And can, I suppose, from a coaching point of view, it does work. It's uh, probably the best uh, best way to work, and I'm sure it suits the children. What's the what the coaches want? So what what is the scariest or most intimidating moment that you've had being a referee? <laughs> You haven't been locked in a room and said you're going to have to stay here for a while. Paul. They're, they're out there waiting for you. <laughs> I was there was a I shouldn't say well no you don't have to name clubs. There was a Saturday tournament uh, on the Phoenix Park at Sport against Racism Ireland, and there was uh, teams from from all the ethnic uh, minorities in Ireland and different groupings. And uh, we were there for two days, a couple of years ago, two years ago I think, and the final was on the Sunday 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 afternoon up in the Phoenix Park. And uh, Nigerian community got into the final. They were on one side, and then there was a, a, a team from Odebney Gardens. They were uh, ex drug, they were drug rehabilitated guys. You know what I mean? Uh, from Odebney Gardens. So on uh, one side you had all the Nigerians and the, the mamas with the, the babies. On the other side you had the Odebney Gardens and all the brilliant the, the mamas with their kids. You know what I mean? And uh, I knew this was going to be mad. You know what I mean? It was seven against seven and. I think it was seven against seven on a small pitch, and you know, they kicked off. And the first thing was Nigeria whacked one of the Odebney heads onto <laughs> <laughs> the next pitch almost. And of course, one the, the, the women from one side were running at the other side, they were saying, Shout, one was in the end name, the other side was the druggy name, and all this. And, oh, <laughs> 15 minutes, uh, give you 50,000 in your beef any day. I just left them, I just left them, I kicked each other up and down the park. But <laughs> So I had it was sports. Uh, sorry, no, I shouldn't really say it was sport against racism. More uh, that was the term. But I had the total opposite effect. The final was if you arrived and I oh, was like, what was this day? Oh, there was some some abuse show that day. Anyhow, so obviously various attendances in 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 your day. Is there ever been? Some of them obviously it might be only a couple of hundred and you can kind of hear the odd show or two. Has there ever been a kind of a heckle or a slag towards you that you heard that you kind of had a little snigger on? I'll give you that one. Yeah, I'm used to being called a baldy bee. Like, uh, <laughs> Anyone more creative at all in your day? They're all saying you're, you're down the suntan shop or whatever. <laughs> 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 uh, there's nothing we better. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I noticed an article when we were looking into you yesterday. You got called in for a big uh, league game between Crusaders and Linfield. Is there much of a difference between the North and South or is it pretty much just any other game for you? How did that come about actually? Uh, there was a bit of politics behind that. Um, right. I won't go into it, but yeah. we, had, we ended up there. Up there anyway. Though. I think it was about two games, two or three games left in the league, and this was more or less going to be the decider because yeah. Linfield were a couple of points behind, and uh, in the end, Crusaders won two 0 um, Yeah, I enjoyed it. We went up. It was on actually a synthetic pitch. Uh, Crusaders have a synthetic pitch, which is good. Nick actually snowed, believe it or not. It was the match was in March, and it snowed before, and they had to clear to clear the pitch of the snow. Um, it was a great atmosphere. Uh, they were both from the loyalist section of Belfast, if you want to call it, the Protestant section of Belfast. So there wasn't a huge amount of intimidation, uh, but I think they're both. I think they're the absolute voids one. Yeah. Without going into too much, one's UVF and one's UFF or something. Yeah, like yeah. That, I don't know. So um, yeah, the place was packed. Uh, you do really have to try and yeah, it's ninety minutes and. You know, I knew that there was going to be uh, that there was a, a, a lot of tension in the game. You know what I mean, and that that that, that it was an important game because they were coming in and saying that you know Champions League depends on this, blah blah. Um, but yeah, you try as best you can, do a tiny bit of research on the match itself. 
Uh, I, I've done Linfield a couple of times in the, in the, the old Satanta Cup, so I knew a few of the heads. I knew they had a few boys uh, playing with them, boys, when I say boys, boys, I knew know how to leave the, leave the foot in. Um, but we got a, yeah, we had a good game and there was no great problems. Um, the story was that a couple of their referees had gone away to on a tournament somewhere and they felt that the referees, they wanted someone from the South to come up and do the match. That's the way that's that's yeah. And any of your seminars that you go to, are they just a good jolly, are No, they're very strict. <laughs> very serious. There were uh, years ago there was a bit of a jolly on them, but uh, no, was, <laughs> unfortunately not anymore. No, they're pretty strict and uh, there's no uh, alcohol consumed or anything like that. And it's uh, now it's it's work from usually Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday gig, and uh, now we work all the way through. And there's a lot of workshops and fitness tests and assessments on them. Um, now they're they're uh, serious work. Serious stuff, yeah. Ah, yeah. Listen, Paul. Thanks a million for that. We're just going to take a quick break, and we'll have more with Paul now in just a few minutes. Broadcasting to Lucan, this is Lippy Sound, 96.4 FM. Okay, welcome back to the big kickoff. Uh, Paul Chu is with us. Paul, the worst rule that probably is ever brought in is the different variations of the offside rule, um, the interpretations. Um, how, do you, how do you cope with, 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 with the offside rule? Is this, do you have a black and white picture of it in your head yes that's offside no that's not offside because a lot of other people I suppose don't now I mean I'll give you an example say when a player is in an offside position and he's 15 yards behind a uh, uh, centre forward is 15 yards behind the centre back and he's walking out towards the centre back a ball might be knocked over just say to the left to uh, uh, an attacking winger and he may just do a U-turn five yards ahead of the centre back and have a five yard gain and the winger gets to the end line, cuts it back, and he taps it in. You, is there unfair advantages? Or is there, you know, that offside rule, how, how do you cope with that kind of thing? Yeah, of course there, there is an unfair advantage. You're talking about, I don't want to go too, too much technicality, but you're talking about second phase of play there. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it is an unfair advantage. Um, FIFA, who, well, there's another credit I have, and true FIFA, make a change or something. They probably, they, change around every year uh, they're probably trying to give the attackers more benefit or were, were up to recently um, every year it seems to change they've, they've, they tweak different things and um, it can be difficult especially the interfer- is he interfering with play is he not interfering with play that can be very difficult it's almost now that they, it, it, the attacker has to more or less touch the ball or has to be more or less going within a meter of them for them to be interfering more or less that's what they're talking about now uh, lucky enough now I do referee schoolboy, some junior matches some women's but lucky enough when you're on a league board match obviously uh, you, have, so you have your assistants so mm-hmm. yeah. so, and we were mic'd up so it does help big time when you're mic'd up you can do a communication a quick communication on nine is in an offside position was he interfering was he interfering whatever you know what I mean Um but yeah, to the ordinary punter and even referees, it can be difficult. I think they mess around with it too much. I think they're trying to get the perfect situation, which they never were, the perfect uh, offside, uh, interp- whatever you want to call it, uh, interpretation or law, they never will. So I think they were off trying to... The old way was great, you were offside. That's, That's obviously, it. Obviously, yeah. there was a lot, lot more stops in play. You were offside, you were offside, and you blew in, in a story, no matter where you were in the pitch. Uh, but there was obviously a lot more uh, stops in play. Um, Is there not... Uh, uh, 
I, I would say the majority of people would like to see it go back. Anyone I've talked to about that offside rule, they would like to see it go back to the old standard, your offside is offside, because it's getting very complicated and there seems to be holes being picked in it left, right and centre. Yeah, perhaps, but then we, we would have definitely have a lot more uh, indirect free kicks for offside. You might get um, less, less abuse though. Yeah, less abuse <laughs> I suppose, but would the game be any better for it? Yeah, probably... Sometimes you need a bit of controversy. It doesn't do any harm. Sometimes, yeah. you know. Um, what am I saying? Um, should we go back to the old way? It's difficult to know, isn't it? Really, I suppose uh, you want the games to keep flowing. You want the games to be fair. So, yeah. I'll sit in this. I'll sit in this. Boys. Yeah. Uh, just, just one of the questions that we got, I got sent in was uh, from Gav Nolan from Luke, and, and he, ref, he refereed Luke and United over 35s versus got scarred Cottage, for life. Cottage Celtic, and he scared for life. He heard you were coming on, and he nearly had a breakdown. Uh, but again, how he, he was talking about the offsides that uh, you obviously got wrong in those games and cost us the game, right? But how hard, <laughs> how hard is it? when you haven't got lines Ben uh, to judge the offside yeah big time actually remember, do you have a rule of thumb like? remember that, that, that match there was a shot came in way out and it hit the crossbar and came down and there was a guy oh, I thought he was onside I don't see a replay on that. I don't think we ever will but you know he didn't uh, don't think video referees will go down that far no uh, the Lupin lads didn't think he was on, he was, uh, he was onside but anyway I gave the goal um, <laughs> Well, it was against Gav, I don't care. The question was, how hard is it without the linesman? Like, do, do you ah, yeah, big time. You, the important thing is to try, again, that's where fitness comes into it. Uh, it's to try and be in the best position you can be in. You'll never be in, on your own, you'll never be in. You'll never always be in the position you want yeah. to be. Try and get as wide as you can, so you have an angle on it. And you're surprised when you're out wide, you'll see an offside much easier than if you're standing in the middle, or certainly standing in the middle of the, the park in the, in the, in the centre circle. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you are, to, I wouldn't say the word bluffing, but you're, you're trying to make the uh, decision. It looks more off than on a lot of the time. Obviously, if it's clear cut, it's clear cut. But, if, but on a tight decision, I think generally most referees will go with the offside rather than giving the benefit of the doubt to the attacker. I think it's easier, should I say, to give an offside, then not give one on a goal yeah. scored. Oh. And I don't know much about it, so that's why I'm kind of hoping you would know, but sim bins are coming in next year. Is that true? Or is there talk of sim bins in certain levels to oh, try it out? I think there's sim bins coming in at certain levels, yeah. No, it yeah. Been in. That's not coming in across the... Yeah, across the but board, say the so. video referee is definitely coming into some of the international tournaments over the next yeah, year too. Yeah, they, they seem to be um, bringing the... I think, as far as I know, it's been uh, FIFA have uh, given a clearance for the World Cup in... Yeah, uh, next sure, year, yeah. Jesus, I think they're even using it in the Confederations yeah, now next week. Yeah, they're using it in the Confederations. Um, I've seen a little bit of it used. Uh, once again, it doesn't slow down the game. It's a, you know, we say we're rugby works well. So I was actually looking at a match. Trying to find a happy there. medium. I was watching the Lions match the other, other day, and the video referee got around. But anyhow, I see that here, that there. Uh, once it doesn't slow the match down too much. Yeah. Um, Oh, but I think it's yeah. I suppose it, it'll increase their amount of correct decisions. So, so yeah. Give it and up. say eventually it does spill down to the big leagues and say Premier League or whatever. I presume League of Ireland will probably take it on, or would oh, they be a bit slower? No, no. I'd say a bit slower. We have in uh, the semi-finals, the finals, we use the six officials, which the additional assistant referee mm. behind the goal. 
Uh, so oh damn yeah them guys yeah <laughs> what's the stick for <laughs> they just get free actually, tickets for matches I actually gave in the replay and probably I was in front of me so probably some most people didn't know there was a replay uh, of Dirty and Dundalk last year in the semi-final of the FA Cup and I always be going to go and I had to make the decision it was the right decision I gave a penalty uh, of course from I, re- I read about it but, <laughs> but I mean we don't move we have a, we have a wand that's a bit looks like what's a Harry Potter wand yeah. but uh, you have to your communicate with the referee so um even though the, the fans or other people, whatever, the fans don't feel that you've made a decision or you have any input into the game, you do have an input. Yeah. I think if you, if you, if you did a, a survey on the lads to, behind the goal, I, I would say people don't think that they fulfil yeah. uh, the promise that especially that, the, that position could, you know, uh, especially the acting in the, the box. Game. Yeah, you know, the pushing yeah. and pulling. Or, you know, is there twenty pounds a match? But then you also you also have to bear in mind that you have your additional system behind the goal. You have your assistant referee who's the all lines one Too many cooks. Yeah. Referee, and sometimes you can see they don't have the, the replay, and you could have yeah. two different opinions. One says one says it's a free kick or a penalty. The other says no, it's not. You know what I mean? So is there like is there certain things that the that assistant behind the goal is asked to give an opinion on, or, or is he told? You can have a look at that, and if you think that there's something going on, anything, just buzz me. Yeah, well, all officials, including the fourth official, have uh, can make any call. Well, sorry, can give any advice to the referee they feel he requires. Be it sending offs, be it yellow cards, be it free kicks, be it penalty kicks, be it whatever. Um, but the additional assistant behind the goal, his general role would be. If the referee, he'd be giving, if he feels a penalty kick, he'd be saying penalty, penalty, penalty to the referee. It's up to the referee then say no, 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 or he gives it. Uh, I would say 90 odd percent of the time he'd be given the penalty if the additional assistant is giving it behind a goal. Um, so what? Now all officials can give whatever advice they feel the referee do you force. Do you feel they help? When you're in the middle, do you feel they help? Yeah, well, I haven't used additional assistant that much now. I'd say I've used it in probably five or six games I would say they do help yeah okay. I would say they do help yeah, yeah so once you have to and you have to have the correct qualified people there yeah definitely um, I think we'll go to a quick early break and get that out of the way will we and then we'll come back to that because yeah okay. so we're just going to take a quick break and then we're going to put Paul into a few scenarios and see what the ref says about these so uh, we're just going to go to the ads for two seconds and then we'll be back you're listening to Liffy Sound www.liffysoundfm.ie listen online community radio at its best Okay, welcome back again. Oh, is there any rule in the game that you'd like taken out or any rule that you would like brought in? No, I suppose, uh, as we talk about the offside, maybe get some consistency that it's not, ta- not year after year to change the offside, uh, the offside rule uh, or law. Um, anything else? Uh, I hope the video referee does work. Again, it'll probably only to a certain level of football that it'd be used. Um, what else? I suppose, and I suppose the leagues throughout the game continue to give sanctions for abuse to ref- of, re- of referees because it's the only way to keep them in the game. Uh, that's probably about it, I'd say, really. Great, great. Um, it's been a pleasure. Right, can I just say one thing that yeah. they said? Any guys that are interested, maybe there are young guys or guys that were finishing up the game that want to stay involved, I know there's an FAI beginners course coming up, I think it's in July, mid-July, you'll get on the FAI uh, website. Um, 
I would say if you want to stay in the game, give it a go. You never know. You might enjoy it. If you don't, you'll know, you'll soon know whether it's for you or for, for not for you. Um, so yeah, um, mid July on the FAI website. Brilliant, brilliant. And uh, the other thing is, I don't know, I just hope we win today. That's a huge, huge game today, a massive game today. The buzz is back. You're, you're getting the the, the nineteen ninety feeling yeah. again. So was that, it was that all the games in the group so far. It was in Moldova, Serbia, and Austria. So um, brilliant. I'm to try and finish it out with all the games. Try and get to George as well. So um, and if they get to the World Cup and well, well, they go well, to Russia, well, it's funny. I've I've refereed big matches, the FUI Senior Cup final, and all, and I've been walking out the pitch pretty cool. I'm gonna tell you, I'm nervous now. Nervous. Yeah, yeah you're feeling the When you're from a different, different side of the, different angle, or as a fan or whatever, you know, I'd be a lot more nervous now. I'd be, I'd be shitting it, like you know, when you're when you're in the, <laughs> in the we'd say the, 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 in Euros there in France, you know what I mean? I was fucking nervous, as, you know. I've been used to the wrong board here. So, uh, yeah, I just hope we can uh, we can do it and get the buzz back into the country again because the whole country gets a lift when we when we do well, well you know. Well, listen, Paul, it's been a bit emotional there. Yeah, <laughs> Come on, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in. It's good to hear, uh, you know, obviously a different side yeah, of the game absolutely. than a players and a managers who views the game on the pitch uh, or to the side of the pitch in in, in the same eyes, but you look at it in a, in, in a different light. Um, and it's been brilliant and I hope you enjoy your points today and I hope Ireland do obviously yeah. uh, get the result for us thanks boys Son, yes we do you're going with you have it there shall yeah, we yeah right my life from the stunning that song's none too shabby huh oh, good song. and that's our latest one that's the new song, yeah. That's the new yeah. song. Yeah, I tell Crack you who. I, I had heard it before, but I heard it on um, Gary's program here, uh, Ultrasounds, and yeah. it reminded me. He says, "Yeah, we got to play that." And and, and anyone's listening, if you like good tunage, have a listening to uh, Gary on Ultrasounds. It's worth a listen. It's getting you going, isn't it? Not getting you going. Right, we're just going to go through one or two quick things before we uh, sign off. Um, and a quick, interesting quirk you won't be a channel in the. In the rundown, Christian Coleman is his name. He broke the national collegiate record, the NCAA record over in uh, America at the weekend with 9.82 seconds. Hmm. Uh, not, uh, no. He's actually 19. All right. But uh, it's interesting. Early, he smashed it. And uh, you never know, he could be the next one to take over Bolt, who's actually wrapping up this year, as we all know. But as long as he's uh, clean. Yeah. Uh, Davey Moyes got a 30k fine today for a slap comment. A little bit silly. Shouldn't have said it or... Shouldn't have said that. Yeah. No, he does no need to say anything. I mean, Regardless of whether she was female or not. No, it doesn't make a difference. If someone asks you a question uh, and you don't like it, don't answer it. Walk away. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm fairly sure if Roy Keen was behind it, the mic asking him the question, he would have said the same thing. A bit of a... A bit of a coward. Uh, Canadian Grand Prix today. Lewis Hampton starts. Uh, Paul, he won some bloody record yesterday. I don't really care too much. I presume it's something today. Uh, more polls than Ayrton Senna. That's his idol. But uh, it's very hard to like Lewis Hamilton, isn't it? There's no, not a lot of charisma behind him. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's the Andy Murray syndrome. <laughs> uh, Nadal hopefully will turn back the clock today in the French Open and win, I think, probably his 10th French Open title. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't bother me who wins it. Uh, if either win it, I'd be happy for them. But just uh, Harrington misses the PGA Tour next week uh, as he was at a clinic and one of the amateurs hit him on the elbow on his backswing. That's what he thought he broke his elbow, didn't he? But yeah. uh, in fairness, I think the, the kid was upset and Harrington, after he, he came back from the hospital, I think he went and sold him and said, uh, everything's okay, don't you worry about it. Um, 
very briefly, Conley, Dean McConley got a 12-week ban. So if he's coming back, if it's the full 12 weeks, which is expected, he'll be back. His suspension finishes the day before the All-Ireland semi-final. Yeah, and I think I think it's the correct ban. Yeah. Because we're, as we had Paul just in now, yeah, you can't touch a referee. And just a quick few to uh, transfer rumours that came out this morning, might as well, the merry-go-round that's going to go on and on and on this yeah. summer. Uh, Alexis Sanchez apparently is finalising the move to Man City. That would be strange. Yeah, very strange. Uh, Alvaro Morata has urged Gareth Bale to join him at Man United. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, Ibrahimovic looks like he's going to finish off his career with LA Galaxy. Well, there, there is... That was very quick, the way they just... Uh, his, room, the, 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 his agent came out yesterday and said that he would play in two more seasons in Europe. So it's fantastic. That's interesting to see, see As I said, it's the merry ground and all change. Yeah. And Juve looking for Wojciech Szczesny. And it looks like it's going to be a done deal. So he'd be an interesting one to fill well, see, Buffon's, Buffon's boots eventually. One, he's one year left. So yeah. maybe they're looking at him for, for after that. But, uh, yeah. And to finish, of course, Ireland v Austria. I think we, we have no... We have no other prediction than an Ireland win today, yeah? Uh, well, let's hope. Yeah, it, that's it, what it is. I think we're good enough to win. I don't think we should go out and look for a draw like we did against Wales. And yes, 100% Ireland win. And if not, it might be a terrible night. Might sleep. That's it. Be positive. The boom tower has to be played tomorrow. I don't like Mondays one way or another because you'd be either done with happiness or, uh, or uh, racked with disappointment. But anyway, that's all from us today. I've had a great time today. It's actually flown in again. Again. Uh, Paul Chew was a wonderful guest. We'll have to do a three-hour show now. <laughs> Especially with you and your Not. bloody... didn't know the ref. <laughs> uh, was a great, it was a great slot with Paul. And uh, I have to say, it was an absolute pleasure today. I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. And uh, that's me signing off. Stay safe, everyone. Listen, uh, yeah, Pat's on next. So uh, stay tuned. And uh, we'll see you next week. And we're going to finish off with uh, an absolute classic from you two. Everyone, take care. Good day. And come on, Ireland. <laughs>